This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. <laughs> and I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we are talking about corn on the cob. And I want to clarify this because as Molly <laughs> wrote on the agenda, we are talking about corn eaten on the cob, not corn cut off the cob. Yeah, there's a difference. Those are different episodes. But the way you wrote this, it's as if... It would be a normal thing for someone to say, like, we're having corn on the cob and then present a bowl of corn kernels and claim (laughs) that that was corn on the cob. Well, but I think that it's easy to start a conversation about corn. It's so easy. When I meet a new person, that's usually my opening, (laughs) uh, you know, icebreaker. Like, let's talk about corn. And suddenly. What's your favorite kind of corn? Find yourself talking about corn that's cut off the cob. I mean, like, you start a conversation about corn on the cob and the next thing you know, you're talking about succotash. That's. That's true. That's uh, I think that's symbolic of our short attention span society or something. You know what I was what thinking? Were we talking about? You know what I was thinking about recently? Was I discussing this with you that it makes me super sad that you can have something really important introduced into culture like like childish Gambinos, this is America. Okay. And yeah. everybody talks about it for like a week. Mm-hmm. And then like three weeks later, it's like it never happened. <laughs> then three weeks later, that was America. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. things are passing through the cultural body yeah, so yeah, quickly. I was going to say the cultural uh, digestive tract. Yeah, it's really sad. But is that, how how much faster is it than it used to be? Oh, I or, think it's way faster. Um, it's way faster. Think about a time when, like before the internet, I know it's hard to remember, I, Matthew. Yeah, I'm trying. When, like, you know, this single would have dropped. Right. People would have written about it in magazines and newspapers. Spin Magazine, you know, like, it would have come out the next month. They would have been writing about it. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, this stuff and also, would have lasted. I realize, like, we sound we sound like we're 117 years old. But I was, I was thinking recently about how, like, it used to be, like, um, someone would release an album and they would release the first single. And that would be the song everyone was talking about. 
that. And then like a month later, they would release the next single. And right? if you hadn't bought the album, you never heard that song. And it's like brand new music from right? Michael Jackson or whoever. Right? I mean, obviously not Michael Jackson because you would have bought that but album. It just, but it makes me feel kind of sad because like you do all of this work as an artist to produce this thing. Oh, tell me about th- th- it. Yeah. Uh, tell me about it. Okay. And then you put it out there and people love on it and talk about it and all that stuff. And then it's over. Yeah. No, I my most recent book came out in 2017. And that in the in the publishing world is the now the equivalent of sawdust. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so what are what what's my last book, which came out in 2014? Oh, it's um, I mean, it's I think it's like been broken down into petroleum now and <laughs> can be pulled out of a well. Soon, soon it's going to be found encased in amber uh-huh. and they're going to start a theme park based on it. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, like a, they're going to pull the DNA out of it yeah. and clone you? Clone I guess? De- no, they're going to clone Delancey, oh, okay. the restaurant, and make it a theme park. No, I think there should be God, a, a I'm theme park. I'm stretching this way too far. Like a like a Dolly World? Wait, wait Dollywood, not Dolly World. <laughs> I'm confusing Wally World from National Lampoon's Vacation with Dollywood. Okay. Um, no, like a Dolly... Like a Dollywood, only Mollywood, um, and it's it's your Can I DNA. I have larger breasts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm happy with mine because like they're there, mm-hmm. but uh, but and I can also <laughs> go without a bra if I want uh-huh. to. So it's no, like I, I kind I of have the going. best of both worlds. But there are just times when like well, if just you... I w- I would just like a little extra. A if you were extra. cloned and genetically modified, like you could literally have the best of both worlds. I could. I could. Okay, we'll uh, we'll get on this. This will be, I don't know, next week's episode. Maybe okay. this will be a bonus episode. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, so we're talking about corn on the cob. Oh, I forgot. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought that was like so last week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, let's go down memory lane. Uh, yeah, I loved corn on the cob as a kid, and I looked forward to it, and uh, I feel like, you know, I... Was there a certain meal that your family always ate corn on the mm. cob with, or was it was it strictly a summer thing, or did your family kind of bend the rules of, of corn on the cob? I mean, corn on the cob is something that you really only get in season, but I do feel like, uh, you know, well, it, I mean, you people say ship that, it up from Mexico yeah, and stuff, but and, and also then you can get it any time. As as uh, I introduced you to you today, there's frozen corn on the cob, which is currently which I had never heard of until today. I can't wait to really up. discuss this. Yeah, I don't. I've never tried it. I don't know if it's going to be good. So was corn on the cob a thing where like your mom would be like, "Oh man, it's corn season, kids. We're having corn on the cob for the first time this year." No. In fact, I don't really remember much seasonal eating from growing up in Portland, Oregon in the 80s. Yeah, I I think the 80s was not a time for seasonal eating. Uh, No. So, you know, I I certainly do associate it with like summer barbecues. I remember there was uh, this one family, boy, I haven't thought about this in ever. When I was a kid, we would go to their backyard barbecue and uh, the dad would always wear this American flag shirt. Really? Yeah, like a button down, like uh-huh. rugby, not like I don't know, like like a button down shirt with like that was all American flag all the time. That is a statement. It was yeah, it was pre- pretty iconic. Uh, y- yeah. <laughs> anyway, but so did there was there corn on the cob at this barbecue? Yeah, I'm sure there was because that's when I think of corn on the cob as a kid, I think backyard barbecue. And would it have been that's boiled? That's how boring I am. Would it have been boiled? Yeah, it would have okay. been boiled. Okay. Um, you know, I don't. I don't recall anyone at, when I was a kid doing the what has now become the thing of like grilling the corn in the husk. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Nobody really did that back then. 
Um, I don't know. It's going to, I feel like saying all these things, it's going to turn out that I was just like really sheltered and everyone was eating seasonally and grilling corn in Uh, the husk. No, let's be real. This was the 80s, man. I know. People were um, eating frozen yogurt. They were listening to whatever single the record company told. They were listening to Wham and uh, doing a lot of cocaine. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm never going to dance again. Can't you feel I've got no rhythm? <laughs> Is it guilty feet ain't got no rhythm? Oh. <laughs> oh, that... wow. <laughs> Though I it's just easy to pretend. Life. I know you're not a fool. Yeah. Should have known better than to cheat a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually should have known better than to eat a friend. <laughs> <laughs> wasted, wasted chance that I better give up? Is that it? Um, I actually don't know how that line goes. Oh, bummer. Anyway. All right, so um, I'll talk about my memory lane. So, like you, Matthew, I associate great. I associate corn on the cob with outdoor eating in the summer. Although I think that I remember having it at home more than anywhere else. My dad would boil it. We would eat it. I remember also, I don't know if I've ever talked on the show about the fact that when I was growing up, not far away, like two blocks away was the Oklahoma City Art Museum, which was then like housed in this big like old mansion. Oh, that, that sounds awesome. And I'm sure you've never talked about it before because it's not on my mental map of but, Oklahoma City. But do you do you I, I'm sure you would remember this. It's called the Buttram Mansion, which was spelled Buttram. Yeah, I do, do you remember, remember this? that. Yes. So anyway, when I was growing up, um, there was a period of time when there would be summer outdoor concerts. Oh, of course. On the grounds at the art museum. Who would have played at a summer outdoor concert in Oklahoma City in the 80s? Um, I don't know, like local bands. Yeah. Yeah. We, we always went to the, the Portland, uh, downtown Portland waterfront blues festival. Yeah. There'd be like a Curtis Salgado. Um, was Har- is Harvey and the wall bangers was like a band in Oklahoma city back then. Okay. I believe you anyway, but, um, we would go and my parents had like an actual wicker picnic basket. Nice. And like a, with, the, with the flip up flaps. Yes. With the flip up flaps. And they had like a dedicated set of cloth napkins. I bet we these, talked like, about this. cloth napkins and on the picnic, on episode. the picnic episode, the one where we recorded it in the park, but you couldn't tell because it was too quiet in the park. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, I do remember my dad like cooking some chicken and taking it in a Tupperware to the park and also some corn on the cob. I remember eating corn on the cob at those like outdoor concerts. Wow. That is like the most American experience I can think of. Right. I think it was also I don't know. I I, I also remember um, and, and maybe this is a good segue into the thi- one of the things we wanted to talk about next. My parents had those like uh, corn on the cob holders that were shaped like little yellow plastic cobs of corn. You mean like the ones that we have yeah. right here? And you would stick them in at either end. It's like one of those quintessential kitchen gadgets that nobody needs, but it's so satisfying. No, to have. no, no, no. You need corn holders. I like, don't I... have corn holders. Do they still make these? Do they still make corn holders? I don't have corn holders. My child has never experienced a corn holder. But then how does she not burn her fingers? Well, usually by the time we sit down to eat, I've already pulled the corn out of the pot and uh, finished cooking off something else. The corn is never like piping hot when we eat it. Am I a horrible, horrible parent? Mm. 
I know. It's just like corn holders are, are like one of the most fun things. Why did you only put corn holders on your cob, man? Because I wanted to get, let you to have the experience of stabbing your own corn. Yeah, I haven't done okay, it in so a long time. Okay, so first of all, frozen so. corn on the cob, not very good. But Do I have to eat it? I mean, give it a try. It's okay. it's The flavor is okay. It's just kind of mushy. I guess yeah. it's, sorry, it depends what texture you're looking for from your corn. So, wait, Matthew, will you tell us a little bit about what you learned about um, about uh, corn holders? Or what oh, are they? Is there a yes. name for these? They're called corn holders. So I went out to Wikipedia and looked at the Wikipedia page for corn on the cob. And I went straight to the section about corn holders. And I found on the Wikipedia, Wikipedia was claiming that they are actually called cob shanks. Or Cobus Maximus. Ooh, and I'm like, the flavor is good, but it is really mushy. Yeah, and I was like, someone, someone is fucking with us on Wikipedia. And I Googled it, and yes, someone was fucking with us on Wikipedia. No one's ever called them Cobb Shanks. But <laughs> what, what was since, the other one? Cobus oh, Max- Maximus, which doesn't even make that sense. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> but I still like, as far as Wikipedia pranks That's go. That's what I call my butt, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, do you put your thing down, flip it, and reverse it? Oh, yeah. Um, that that song was playing yesterday somewhere, and like it's been my entire world ever since. Mm-hmm. So I discovered this Wikipedia prank like three days ago, and have been calling them Cobb Shanks ever since. And I don't think I'll ever stop. I think the the Wikipedia bandit may have actually changed the language. I think they may have too. This is how those like uh, neologis- neologisms get uh, get yeah. coined all uh, the time. So, oh, to do answer your to, question, wait a minute. Do we have to share an ear of corn? Oh, my God. I didn't know you could just snap it in half. Matthew just used his brute force to snap an ear of corn in half so that we don't have to eat off the same cob. Was the brutality be, there just palpable? It was. God, I, that was the most manly thing you've ever done. I think you're right. I think I'm it is. I'm pretty sure I've said that about other things you've done. But this really trumped them all. So to answer your question for a minute ago, yes, they still make corn holders. Uh, and, they, and they still make ones that look like little ears uh, of corn. Oh God, that's hmm. difficult. Okay, okay, hold on. Okay, so, so um, oh, wait a minute. Matthew, you also wrote on the agenda Niblet Nabbers. <laughs> okay, the brand name of the ones that I bought, these these ones that we're using, was Niblet Nabbers, which, again, doesn't make sense because they don't, like, nab niblets. No. But oh, cor- still pretty fun. It's yeah, fun to say. But this is not the Niblet episode, Matthew. No, 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 we did that. We did Corn Off the Cob, like, seven years ago or something. Quick question. Did you just buy these recently? Is that why you remember that they're called Niblet Nabbers? No, I remember it because it was a funny name. Oh, okay. So anyway, can I can I talk a little bit I about? I don't have the short attention span of our modern society. I'm from the '80s. Can I talk about uh, corn on the cob a little bit? Oh sure. So I learned that it is regionally known as pole corn, corn stick, sweet pole, butter <laughs> butter pop, and long maize. Corn on the cob is is basically a culinary term that we use for a uh, cooked ear of freshly picked maize from a mm-hmm. cultivar of sweet corn. Not to be confused with like. Other corns that we would use for animal feed mm-hmm. or processing into high fructose stuff. Yeah, and the ear is picked while the endosperm is in the milk stage, Ooh. so that the kernels are still tender. Matthew, do you have anything to say about that from uh, the other side of the room? You keep leaving me in this episode. I know. Oh. God, this fresh one is so much better. Yeah, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like my endosperm's in the milk stage, right, everyone? This this uh, this is going to be the episode where I just say and do dumb dude stuff the whole time. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. Now, um, I mean, although you were you were the one who was who was 
talking about having huge breasts. So, um, okay. So I learned also on Wikipedia that Lillian, Sorry. I- Lillian Eichler Watson. In a 1921 etiquette book, described corn on the cob as, quote, without a doubt, one of the most difficult foods to eat gracefully. Mm-hmm. That's right. She added, quote, that it is entirely permissible to use the fingers in eating corn. Now, you, I think that she means any fingers. Yeah, it doesn't have to be your fingers. No, just use the fingers. Mm-hmm. Holding it lightly at each end. Sometimes a napkin is used mm-hmm. in holding it. You can Clearly, use chicken fingers. Or, or finger shanks. <laughs> you stick one of your fingers into the end, each end of the cob. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, hold on. She says, sometimes, however, a short, sharp knife would be provided that each diner could use to cut or scrape the kernels from the cob for later eating. That sounds incredibly dangerous. She described this as, quote, by far the most satisfactory method, end quote, of eating corn on the cob. Lillian Eichler Watson was the original killjoy. Yeah. I mean, by far the most satisfactory method of eating corn on the cob is to take it off the cob? I mean, to, to be fair, the most satisfying way is to take it off the cob, but with your mouth. Yeah, um, I'm doing it right now. She probably, I mean, if she thinks that that's the, the most satisfying way to eat corn on the cob, she probably never even played Snapdragon. No, The, the official game of spilled milk. Mm-hmm. If listeners are wondering what we're talking about, which episode should they go to? The Raisin? I think we've talked about it on like five different episodes. <laughs> I think it, was, it originated on the Raisins episode, though, right? That makes sense. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Third Love. Using thousands of real women's measurements, Third Love has designed its bras with breast size and shape in mind so they fit impeccably. Molly, did you know that Third Love recently added 24 new sizes? I didn't even know it was possible to get bras in that many sizes. It's like it's like a, a, a fantasy that I never believed would be realized. Yes, well, people come in all shapes and sizes and so do Third Love bras. Yes, a total of 70 sizes. Yep. And uh, you can find your perfect fit by using their online fit finder. It is actually fun, and it takes less than a minute to do it. Yep. Have you done it? I have done it, in fact. Yes. And this is an incredibly comfortable bra. No matter which of the many styles you choose from, Third Love knows what it is doing. Yep. They've got a perfect bra for everyone, every body, every shape. And right now, they're offering 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash spilled milk for 15% off today. This episode is brought to you by Plated. Take it easy, make it easy this summer with Plated. Plated is a meal kit delivery service that delivers farm fresh meals to your door ready to cook with step-by-step recipe cards. And here's something I love about Plated. When you get the Plated box, it includes a list of every single producer, farm, ranch that grew raised the stuff in the box that you're going to be cooking this week. And it is so much fun to get a box from Plated. Um, When uh, the box came, uh, my daughter, who's 14, said, hey, dad, could you please wait and not open the box for a minute until I'm ready to join you and pull these things out? Because it is so beautifully packaged and includes everything you need. If you need, for example, we made Thai beef lettuce wraps, which were delicious. And the recipe called for one tablespoon of brown sugar. And it came with the cutest tiny little bag of one tablespoon of brown sugar that I was able to toss into the uh, the spicy sauce for these Thai beef lettuce wraps. And they were incredibly delicious. And when we were finished, there was not a single drop left. So to get started and get 25% off your first four weeks of Plated, go to Plated.com slash redeem and use the promo code MILK. That's Plated.com slash redeem, promo code MILK to get 25% off your first four weeks. Plated, take it easy, make it easy. 
can we talk about special devices for or how how one butters corn on the cob? How does one butter corn on the cob? So the two of us just used two different methods. I melted some butter in the microwave and then just used a brush to brush it on my corn before sprinkling some salt on it. Is that what you usually do? Yes. I, yeah. as you know, you are I, a real butter melter. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little phobic of unmelted butter. But I mean, I understood why you melted the butter for the grilled cheese episode, right? Uh-huh. You melted the butter and brushed it on the outside of the bread. Yeah, for like even coverage. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. to me. In this situation, I just feel like this is extremely messy. This like melted butter and then brushing it on thing. You sound like a real Lillian Gish or whatever her <laughs> L- name was. Lillian Eichler Watson. Yeah. I think that Lillian Eichler Watson should now be shorthand, I mean long shorthand, for, <laughs> yeah. uh, for anyone who is sort of curmudgeonly. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be messy anyway. I, I don't know. I like, I like melted butter. What can I say? Okay, well, so I tend to, I mean, these days what I tend to do is just put out the butter dish and mm-hmm. a, a knife and you messily butter your own corn. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, I do remember at one point being allowed to roll my ear of corn in a stick of butter, like on the butter dish. Yeah, that I've, I have I, a problem with. I struggle with that, too. I mean, then what are you going to do with the rest of the stick of butter? So, yeah. So so one like weird kitchen phobia that I have is like if you take a stick of butter, like like you need to butter a baking dish. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the easy, the most convenient thing is just grab a stick of butter and like press the end of it against the dish and, mm-hmm. and rub it all around. Mm -hmm. And then the end of the butter stick is kind of like rounded off and misshapen. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want to go anywhere near that after that. You wouldn't look at that and think, oh, I'm just going to cook eggs in that or. Oh, no, I will do that because because I'm not a barbarian, but But I don't like it. You have to like sort of look the other direction. I have to sort of look the other direction. Yeah. Okay. well. I don't, I mean, it doesn't seem like my mom to endorse rubbing an entire stick of butter in, I mean, an ear of corn. A corn stick, as some people call it. Uh, a a sweet pole? <laughs> <laughs> that was really one of the things, wasn't it? Or a it? butter pop. Uh-huh. It doesn't seem like my mom to endorse rubbing a butter pop in a butter stick. Um, Wait, is, <laughs> is this how she explained the birds and the bees to you? Because I have some questions. <laughs> You just spat corn on yourself. <laughs> yeah, of course I did. Anyway, but... Um, Again, you're being a real Lillian Hellman, or whatever her name was. Lil- Lillian Eichler Watson. Okay, but anyway, my parents did have these little things that were like... Um, they were almost like small spoons, okay. silver spoons, with slots... Oh, of course you grew up with silver spoons. <laughs> In my mouth. Uh, Born with, with it. You, with Ricky Schroeder. Yeah, and- yeah. Someone else. God, who was I on. had a real crush on Ricky Schroeder. Oh as a yeah, kid. yeah. He, he was he was a, a beautiful, beautiful man, and the show is not very good. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But I certainly watched probably every episode of it. Anyway, uh, so you would put a little pat of butter in the reservoir of the spoon, and then you would rub it over the corn with the the like the base of the spoon, which had slots in it, facing the corn, and it would melt the butter. Oh. Anyway, I remember. I don't. Feel when, like that would work very well, but I like the visual. I feel like it was, you know, the Lillian Eichler Watson way of buttering corn. It was yeah, like the high society way. Anyway, when my mom was moving out of her house in Oklahoma to move to Seattle like three years ago, 
and I was helping her pack stuff up. I remember we found all of those and bundled oh, them together, yeah. and I think we gave them to my brother for Christmas or oh, something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas, bro. Yeah, here, enjoy your corn buttering spoon things. Can I say something about silver, the show Silver Spoons? Yeah. Uh, and I want to put this out to the listeners because I'm probably misremembering this, but as I recall, there was an episode of, episode of Silver Spoons where Ricky uh, fell... Wait, was his name Ricky on the show also? Mm, I don't know. I don't know either. He fell under like under the thrall of like a bad influence kid. And as I recall, the bad influence Haven't we all Yes, but but as I recall, not not so uh charismatically though, because as I recall, the bad influence kid was named Ledge, which was short for legend, and he said the what? word gnarly a lot. Oh man, that That's... is that is the baddest kid in town. I know. Wow. <laughs> yep. Uh anyway. So other ways of buttering corn, I was at someone's house within the past couple of years and encountered a butter boy for the first time. And you link to this, we'll, we'll link to this in the show notes, uh, spelledmilkpodcast.com. I had never heard of this and it's very scary. It is very scary. It's like a little green sort of, um, it kind of looks like a, I don't know, like a gingerbread man made three dimensional, but shorter yes. and green. Yes. And you put like half a stick of butter inside it sitting upright mm-hmm. and then you can sort of pull off the top of the boy's head and, <laughs> yeah that, no, and, that's exactly it and butter your corn with his butter brain yeah it's, it's sort of it's like a concave like dish shaped neck <laughs> remaining when you take the head off <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you know anyway, when you take when you I'm take a boy's head remember off where i encountered a boy this. like ricky schroeder you know i think i encountered this actually at my brother's house the same brother we gave <laughs> oh those spoons to if, i if, can't believe he's not using the spoons there's gonna be an episode of hoarders where they go to your brother's <laughs> house and it's just all corn paraphernalia <laughs> like the the like slidey thing to to like strip the the kernels off the cob yeah that thing um and, and what else um oh a whole bunch of nib- niblet nabbers mm-hmm, of like very i mean of course like we didn't talk about how corn holders come in like matched like cutesy matched sets yeah, like I'm pretty sure there's some that look like people. Yeah, so you can like like really like wrap your fists around the people and squeeze them as you <laughs> as you eat your dinner. That's what I've always wanted to do with, <laughs> with have, people. Have a very 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 small like tabletop size person mm-hmm. who I can just wrap my fists around while I eat dinner. <laughs> well, we're gonna be doing a personality test bonus episode later later today, uh-huh. and uh, I think I just learned all I need to know. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, Matthew, how badly does this stuff get stuck in your teeth? Like, I think some people are blessed with teeth that are not mm. corn grabbers. No, no, my teeth are total niblet nabbers. <laughs> um, I yeah, I, I get. I, I'm gonna have to like run <laughs> to the run to the floss box. I've been sitting. <laughs> I've been sitting here picking my teeth very, very openly while uh-huh. Matthew has oh, yeah. been talking. Um, no, I, I'm like just like doing weird things with my tongue that I'm sure are very unpleasant to watch. I feel like my teeth, uh, uh, my teeth have just the right amount of space to trap. Well, corn good kernels. for you. Oh, just to trap the corn kernels. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're like. Made I guess for I guess if they were kerneling. too close together, like there wouldn't be any room for the niblets to to get in there. I, I kind of feel like some people who really benefited from American orthodontia mm-hmm. might not have niblet nabber teeth. Okay, again, listeners, weigh listeners, in. listeners, please weigh in. Like if you know, if you have one of those beautiful pearly white. 
well-engineered smiles, mm-hmm. which neither do you. Did you have braces? I did not have braces. I didn't nor either. nor have I uh, succumbed to my dentist's repeated prodding that I might want to get Invisalign. Oh God! Anyway, I, I, every time he says that, I, I say um, I'm just not vain enough. Yeah. I've been thinking about bleaching my teeth. I did do that, actually. I It was know, a pain in the ass. You know, um, I, I have like sort of naturally kind of yellow teeth. Yeah, me my, too. my dad did, too. And I tend to like sort of try not to feel bad about it because I also don't want my teeth to be super bright white. Mm-hmm. But the other day I was lying on the sofa next to June and she was turning and sort of looking into my face in oh, a really no. cute way. And then she goes, Mama, your teeth are yellow and i was like oh god now i have to anyway but um okay so do you have a preference of corn color like white yellow bicolor i don't think i care i think i think i'm fine with whatever like i mean it's it's all about like the the like is it fresh how do you choose an ear of corn because some people i remember reading in in you know like a, a a slightly precious food book an account of how someone's mother used to come like used to pick corn and then run in from the field, yeah. shucking it, and dunk it in boiling water that was, you know, already boiling when she went outside to pick the corn. I mean, that I've that never is, had corn that fresh. I don't a, even a, know. A compelling image. So here's what I've heard about that, and I don't know if this is correct, but what I've heard is that that is like a thing you would do with like pre like breeding of super sweet corn varieties. Okay. So that uh, like because corn starts to convert its sugars to starches after you pick it. Yeah. But uh, it has been bred to not do that nearly as quickly as it used to. Okay. Um, and so, so you, you can just kind of lope into the kitchen instead of running. <laughs> okay. And when you bring corn on the cob home from the grocery store, do you try to eat it that day? Like, I usually try to eat it that day, and I try not to refrigerate it. Yeah, I agree. I um, although, frankly, like, so I, I get those imperfect produce boxes sometimes. Oh, really? We should yeah. talk about this. Yeah, we should. Anyway, and I got some corn from them recently, and... I got it and I sort of didn't have a plan for it and we already had dinner plans that night and so I put it in the fridge and we didn't eat it till like three days later and it was still delicious. Good, yeah. 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 It's modern, modern, modern corn. corn. <laughs> yeah, I, I will get corn from the farmer's market and just kind of leave a pile of ears of corn like in the corner by my bookcase and the cat will come over and nibble on the corn husk. It's Wait, so cute. You leave it over by the bookcase? Yeah. That's in your living room, Matthew. <laughs> no, Why? no, that, that bookcase right there. Oh, this bookcase. <laughs> I thought you meant the bookcase in your living room. No, listeners, I meant the bookcase in my dining room. Okay, great. Um, but I could leave a pile of corn in the living room. Would that surprise anyone if they came to my my apartment? That surprised and was, me a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that corner is usually just the book corner. Mm-hmm. Well, Any- I mean, corn, you can... Never mind. There's no There's no joke here. Okay, great. <laughs> great. Hey, do you ever eat corn on the cob raw? No. Oh, wait, wait. Can we go back to buttering techniques yes. before before we talk? Because we didn't talk about the, um, like, butter a piece of bread and then, then roll. I've never heard that. I, I've never done it, but I've definitely. So, okay. I think, actually, this is, this is the perfect segue because I think I saw this and raw corn both in the same place, which is the movie War Games starring Matthew Broderick. Was this a corn-themed movie? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was all about <laughs> corn and nuclear war. So in the movie, for no reason, just as like a throwaway joke, uh, Matthew Broderick's dad is eating corn, and first he butters a piece of bread and then rolls the, the cob of corn in the bu- buttered bread, like okay. kind of cradles the corn in it. Like like he's like buffing his glasses with a handkerchief. Only it's the the handkerchief is buttered this bread. That's really smart. And and then he takes a bite and he says, This corn is raw. 
And and uh, and Matthew Broderick's mom says something like, "I know. Can't you just taste the vitamins and minerals?" Um, I've tried it. I I would never choose it. it. It's not terrible, but I would never choose it over cooked corn. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think that. Oh wait, don't you serve a, a salad with raw corn? Yeah. Uh-huh. So well, we used to when Delancey first opened, uh, like around the time I was still working there mm-hmm. in the kitchen. We yeah, we served a salad that was like. Uh, Gorgeous summer tomatoes with um, corn, raw corn cut off the cob, and uh, like a like a pickled shallot vinaigrette and fresh basil and stuff. It was delicious. But yeah, I mean, I with corn that is really fresh and sweet, I, it I, it doesn't need to be cooked. Do but you I, eat raw I never corn just on the eat cob? It off the cob, right? Though. So I, in like in a salad where it's like not, it doesn't have the same like density of pure corn material. Mm-hmm. I can see that working fine, but I don't want to eat not raw on corn cob. on the yeah, cob. Yeah, that makes sense. But I know some people do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's all I'll say about that. Great. <laughs> uh, so, how do you cook your corn on the cob? So, I learned this method from Cooks Illustrated, where I where I guess I've just pretty much learned everything. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's where I learned about the birds and the bees. It was explained <laughs> to me by Christopher Kimball, friend of the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> in a like, here's how we do it in Vermont. So, so here you bring a pot of water to the, to a boil. You throw in the ears of corn, and then you take it off the heat and basically let them poach for like ten minutes. Oh, this is like how I do hard-boiled eggs. Yeah, it's it's that method. And uh, the, the idea is that you don't want to overcook the corn um, because it loses, like, moistness. God, but 10 minutes, that's a long time. Well, it's a long time, but not in boiling water, in, like, water that's that's cooling down. So you bring the water to a boil, do you salt the water? No. No? Why not? I don't know. <laughs> it seems like it would be a good idea. Yeah. Otherwise, aren't you pulling salt out of the corn? Maybe you're pulling salt, but then you're going to put salt back on. You're right. I should probably salt the water. I okay. didn't. So anyway, you bring the water to a boil, uh, and this is like water, like like f- like a full pot of water. Like a big not- pot of water. Okay. And, oh, God, I'm going to try this because often, I think because I tend to cook my corn less than you do, mm-hmm. I tend to do it just in a skillet, like with a small amount of water, and I just sort Whoa. of turn it. Okay. I don't think I've ever times. seen that method before. I wonder where I learned that. That's it's kind of a weird method. I mean, and it's, maybe it it's sounds, why my corn is never very hot when I serve it. It sounds uh, economical. <laughs> I guess if you're trying to conserve water uh-huh. that and heat much and heat, yeah. I mean, you're. I, I brought a big pot of water to a boil to cook two ears of corn. Yeah, that does seem pretty dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty dumb that of me. Was so dumb. <laughs> Okay. They're not going to make a. They're going to make a theme park uh, based on me, and it's just going to be about like dumb stuff. Do you, the tunnel of dumb. So I saw on Wikipedia that people fry corn. Like, is this like a state fair thing? I think or? it must. I, I think I have had this. Is it battered or is it just fried? No, you just toss it in. Like I think. There are a lot of ways to heat up an ear of corn. So, so I love how you smile and look at me knowingly when you say that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There's a lot of ways to heat up an ear of corn. Yeah, I know the one I'm thinking. Yeah, of. this isn't my first rodeo either, Matthew. <laughs> this isn't my first state fair. What? Okay, I don't. I've I've had. We're going to talk about roasted in a minute, right? Because I know I've had that as like part of like a like a kind of a roasted vegetable medley. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. fine. It's fine. I kind of really. I sort of don't understand why you would do anything with corn except boil it. Quite well, honestly, but we're about to talk about Mexican street corn, right? Okay, but but that and that's grilled, I guess. So 
But I was going to say this whole situation, I feel like there's been a lot in the past 10 years about grilling corn and different ways of doing it. Like, Mm -hmm. do you do it in the husk and do you soak the husk in water first? Do you pull back the husk and butter the corn and then put the husk back on it and tie it shut. Oh, do you do that? All of these things Maybe just Maybe like seem... put a little piece of compound butter in there. I mean, I God, Matthew, <laughs> shut up. I think if we were a certain type of podcast, we would probably do all these things and compare them. Oh, because probably some yeah. of them are delicious. What type of podcast are you thinking? I don't know. Like, like a, a cooking a, show? Yeah, like okay. a cooking show. I well, I mean, as you know, we don't have grills. Wait, do you I have, have a grill now? You do. I just have one of those Weber kettles. Did did we have we talked about? Did I know this? Um, we got it last summer. I, I noticed a change in you. Yes, yeah. last, last around last. We summer. got it last summer, and I have to say that. I don't know, and I know that a whole bunch of listeners are going to get all up oh, in, in my grill about oh, no. this, <laughs> but <laughs> it seems to me that like charcoal grills, God, it takes a long time to heat that stuff up properly. Oh, when I was a kid- It seems crazy. That was so frustrating. And also, if you don't like a lot of charcoal grill flavor on your food- don't use a charcoal Don't grill a charcoal to cook your food. Grill. I hear you. That but makes a lot of sense. It's less expensive and less bulky than a like a standard gas grill. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we have a charcoal grill. We've used it once because it took so <laughs> long used it to once? heat up. We've used it once that, because it that took is so long to heat up. Like a rounding error from not having a grill. Yes, it is. But I do feel like why... God, how much time do you want to set aside to use your grill? And why I do bother? not want... Listeners, please do not weigh in on like <laughs> why why you grill. I also don't want don't. listeners to weigh in on charcoal versus propane. I know. <laughs> I know. Wait, you, you, what What do you know? Oh, I think there are a lot of people who feel strongly that oh, you that, must use charcoal. Right. Yeah. Okay, but to go back to this thing about the, the lighting the briquettes. Yes. Um. Like, I remember as a kid, like, I've always been a person who hates to wait to eat. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I was a kid, like, knowing that, like, okay, you know, they're, uh, who, whoever's grilling is, is right now lighting the charcoal. And that means we'll be eating in, like, from a kid perspective, three days from now. Yeah. And I don't remember anyone grilling corn. Yeah, we grilled some corn and some steaks last summer. Okay. And the steaks were delicious and the corn was kind of like, eh, I wish we'd boiled it. So I think... We've we've like sort of confirmed what you would expect about like what is the best corn to get because like this so fresh, so fresh corn uh, you know behind the scenes uh, look at the show we are we are recording this in June which means it's not yet fresh corn season in Western Washington mm-hmm. our home yes and so I got some supermarket imported corn and some frozen corn the frozen corn was mushy although the flavor is okay and the yeah. supermarket corn. You you know it didn't have a ton of flavor, but the texture sweet. was very good. It's, it's just it was kind of sweeter than corny. Yeah, it was it was sweeter than cornier. Yeah, like that that like full flavored like got it all going on kind of corn. You really have to you know wait till wait till summer. Uh, Brandon Pettit would say that the finest corn in the land is in New Jersey. Of course he would. Yeah. Does he talk a lot about Jersey tomatoes? God, of course he does. Of course uh-huh. he does. Beef steaks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't say I've ever had them, so I... I, I don't think I, I have either. I have to just go along with it, because I, yeah, for all I, I, I know, he's it. right. I mean, New Jersey has so little... That Let's to- let them have this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What Trenton makes, the world takes. 
Is that like their agricultural slogan or like That's manufacturing? Like the, or it's their just, manufacturing slogan. I mean, do they pay for it at least or they just take it? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I'm sure we're yeah. going to get New Jersey people don't weigh in on this. <laughs> okay. okay. Don't, don't weigh in on whether New Jersey is good or bad. Yeah. No, I know that we there's know. a lot of good things about New Jersey. Oh, yeah. It's the Garden State. It is the Garden State. It has State. the Garden They've State They've got so Parkway. many boardwalks. They've got really good pizza. Wait, do they have like many boardwalks? Not just... Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. You know what? You know what they've, they've got? got Bruce Springsteen. They've got the Wrens. What? Uh, one of the greatest indie rock bands ever. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, John Bruce- Bon Jovi. Yes. Yes. So yeah, they've got they've got like a lot of a lot of like gravelly voice dudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Chest hair. A lot Wait, of yeah. chest hair. The, the Sopranos, was that New Jersey? Yes, it was. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. So it turns wait, out let's... we know a lot about New Jersey. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, let's talk about Mexican-style street corn. Yes. Okay, this is, okay, for me, this has to be made with, like, real summer corn, and I look, it's one of these seasonal things that I re- genuinely look forward to now, every year. Now, this is supposed to be grilled. Will you talk about it? So I make it under the broiler, and it's fine. Why do you do that rather than boiling it? Because I want some char on the kernels. Okay. And the trade-off with that is that they get super sticky and like yeah. just they stay in your mouth for until the following summer. What if you parboiled it mm-hmm. and then broiled it? I think that could work. I don't mm-hmm. know if it would help. Okay. So you you broil the corn until it's a certain color, I'm guessing. Yeah. Until you know it starts to brown and then um spread it with a mixture of like uh Mexican cheese and mayo and lime juice and chili powder. What am I what am I forgetting? So I think it's it's usually mayo, either crema or sour cream mm-hmm. and a Mexican cheese like cotija, yeah. like something crumbly like that. Chili powder and lime. Yeah. Oh my god! Maybe that a little garlic. So good. Yeah, I think sometimes garlic is uh, added. Maybe garlic powder, probably. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and do you follow is... a recipe when you do this? No, I just kind of mix some stuff together, and it's you know, it's going to be good. Okay. Uh, do you you don't mix the cotija in, right? That gets like sprinkled. So I usually do because it's just easier, and I don't really notice the difference. It's all going to get mixed up in my mouth anyway. Okay. Okay, so do you And mix... then I might sprinkle a little more on, more cheese on at the table. Okay, and do you mix all of this stuff together? I the... just mix all of it together and slather it on pretty thick and then broil it a little more. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's so good. It's, you... it's just one of the best things. Wow. Okay, cool. Maybe we should link to, like, a recipe for okay. it or a method or something like that. I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a Kenji Lopez-Alt recipe on Serious Eats. Okay, great. Let's find it. This episode was brought to you by Third Love, and Third Love is passionate about the perfect fit. They believe it's time for your bra to fit you, not the other way around. Yeah, their collection is designed by women for women, and they have over 70 sizes of bra to choose from. That is so cool. You can get 15% off your first purchase by going to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk today. All right. Anything else about corn on the cob or New Jersey? Or um, Dollywood. Or Dollywood or, or teeth. Mm-hmm. Orthodontia. Teeth whitening. Yep. Um, hey, listeners, do you have, I mean, my dentist has talked to me about crest whitening strips, but do oh. you, you know, like, do you have any, you know, preferred, uh, they, they come in like different lengths of time, kind of yeah. like monostat. <laughs> right. <laughs> do, you, do you have a preferred length of time for your teeth whitening product. Yeah, I don't think I've tried the over-the-counter whitening strips. Should okay. I? Do they I, do they actually do my anything? My dentist recommended it, actually, yeah. over, o- even over, like, the dentist sold stuff. Wow. 
That's yeah, like, she was like, it's all kind of the same. But like, how is your dentist going to buy her next boat? I'm not sure, but I, I doubt that's going to be a problem for okay. her. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so I, I guess uh, now we, we've like uh, slandered New Jersey, dentists. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> what else? Frozen corn. Um, my breasts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, it was my teeth. It was a real slanderful episode. Yeah. You can find us online at uh, slandermilkpodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast al- about the, the slander man, which is like a, a scary uh, guy who just says mean things, untrue. Well, um, I don't know. I guess, well, I guess also- most of the things we said were true, so it's not really slander. Anyway, uh, you can also find us on Facebook.com. It's not slander com to say that John Bon Jovi s- is from New Jersey. Slash Facebook.com. Fa- <laughs> <laughs> Facebook.com slash Spilled Milk Podcast. Uh, yep. And where I think people are going to weigh in on a lot of things, regardless of what we said. Um, you can find us on, let's see, we, we are on Spotify. That's a place you can listen to our podcast. Yep. Uh, we're on Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast. Yep. Uh, we're on not just Spotify, all the popular podcasting platforms. And we'd love it if you'd leave us a review. It really does um, help. Our producer is Abby Circatella. We give her five Long and a half stars. Long-suffering producer, uh-huh. Abby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and until uh, next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. We're still in the milk stage and our kernels are real nice and tender. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Molly Weisenberg. <laughs> and I'm Matthew Amsterburton. <laughs> it's all in the delivery. <laughs> Hello. Bop, bop. Hey, I'm not really hearing much in my earphones. My headphones ear. Ah, that's nicer. Yeah. Now the I volume was turned down. Oh, look at that. Beep. Beep, 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 beep. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.